Hello, friends. My name is Chris Thurston, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to part one of the Creighton Crowbar Dungeons and Dragons Christmas Special, an adventure that I like to call the Miracle at Grey Home. A few weeks ago, myself, Tom Senior, Tom Francis, and Philippa War got together to record our first ever foray into live play nonsense. Prepare yourself for a tale of magic, mystery, and questionable heroism, the likes of which you've never, well, you, you probably actually have heard something quite a lot like this. It's, it's got, it's got jokes in it, which it's fine, it's fine. You don't need to know anything about D&D to listen, because God knows we didn't really know anything about D&D going in. Instead, relax and enjoy yourself as we embark on a journey deep into the frozen north of the Forgotten Realms. This is C&C D&D. Three strange travellers press on into the frozen north of the Forgotten Realms. They are outsiders, drawn to tales of a mysterious and miraculous magic originating from a nondescript town called Greyhome. These travellers are from Tom Francis Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> Who is you Ralph? Ralph is, uh, is an Aracocra which is a bird-type uh, race. Um, and he is a warlock specializing in stealth. Uh, his background is criminal-slash-spy. I'm choosing the spy side of that. Um, and uh, he basically uses magic to be tricksy and spy-like and um, uh, pull off feats of deception. Uh, his... Do you want to know his like background and stuff? No. Okay. <laughs> he gets that a lot, actually. <laughs> A spooky Birdman Warlock. And that's right, Discord. You are entirely incorrect about who Tom Francis <laughs> is going to be playing. Interesting. Pip, who is Eratrix? Oh, hello. Yes. Uh, well, Eratrix is another Aracocra, because apparently <laughs> Tom and I <laughs> were sort of both in bird frames of it's mind. alphabetically first well, <laughs> which gives <yeah>. it a lot <laughs> it was one of the things that i researched slightly more in depth as i went down the list on the character creator um i um or they are a uh, level two monk uh and uh what other bits of this are of well, just use give us a sense of that bird well, flavor I accidentally made them quite fat, um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, possibly slightly more of a turkey than a, <laughs> than a sort of graceful. The Aracocra are sort of winged humanoids with bird heads mm. um, who typically weigh very little on account of being birds and, and uh, live uh, pretty short lives. Mm. However, Eratrix is both very old and pretty yes. heavy. I must say that that was not, I thought it would be more in the manner of a parrot or a tortoise, the lifespan, and thus I accidentally made them a good 50 years older than the oldest uh, <laughs> uh, thing. So, uh, yes, that's all fine. However, after a long life of, of 
some kind of study in martial training, mm, mm. Eratrix enters this campaign mm. wizened, Not very elderly. Well. <laughs> yes, well, mm. uh, but but hench. Extremely hench. Really hench. I think that's where the weight is. It's not paunchy. It's it's hench. Mm, what's that? What's that strength number on your profile there? Uh, minus one. Well, that's your modifier. Oh, on account of it being eight. <laughs> so, sorry, hench. We'll see. Tom Senior. I am Lazam, and I am a deep gnome. <laughs> For the deepest reaches of the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> and uh, I struck out from my hometown and uh, explored the surrounding lands. Um, this deep gnome is a ranger and he likes to draw maps. Tell us about your people, the deepest gnomes. The deepest gnomes. The, the deep gnomes are very much like gnomes, uh, but they're kind of grey-skinned and they're extremely heavy, apparently. <laughs> That's one of the key points in the character creator <laughs> notes, that they're extremely heavy uh, for their size. Like, really dense? Just really dense. Mm. Okay. Just like granite. I mean, granite. Yeah. But granite, granite, but soft. Soft granite. <laughs> soft, fleshy granite. <laughs> that's that's Lazam. And uh, it, this occurred to me that there's a really optimal name for this adventuring party, loosely formed as it was on the road on the way here. And I can't believe this happened so naturally. You are two birds and one stone. <laughs> oh, God. Stone represent. I forgot to mention, actually, that uh, appearance-wise, um, I am crow-like. Mm. I'm basically a crow. Mm, okay. And I happen to be carrying a crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> this journey to the north, uh, well, out of table talk momentarily... Uh, took place uh, partially during a prologue session that we did, mostly to test the setup, but also to get used to the rule system. Uh, during that initial journey, you uh, took your travelling to Greyhome by cart, a cart that you boarded at the city of Luskin. You're travelling up north into the mountains of north of the Sword Coast, on the borders with Icewind Dale, actually. And during that journey north, you got to know your cart driver, a halfling called Janal, and you heard the interminable stories of a boring old man called Burke, and didn't really get much out of a, a tight-lipped caravan guard called Dergi. On the way, you helped this band of travellers survive a winter storm, which meant an encounter with an ice mephit that Eretrix attempted to stuff into a box. Successfully. <laughs> but on the way, you also discovered something uh, highly unusual. You saw, uh, mostly through Lazam's excellent ranger, uh, goblin tracking powers, uh, you discovered a, a goblin's body lying in a pool of what can only be described as, uh, like a sunlight oasis in the center of the wintry northern wastes. Uh, this goblin had been killed in what appeared to be a kind of miraculous safe haven, uh, by bandits who you then chiefly murdered, um, with one exception of very charmed orc. You did, in that location, discover uh, an amber rock embedded in a pool of water, and on the body of the goblin, a egg-shaped sort of crystalline structure, which I believe you took, Ralph? Yep. Uh, you didn't have any answers to this mysterious kind of magical locale. However, upon returning to your cart for the rest of the journey to Greyhome, Janal didn't seem especially uh, sort of surprised by any of these findings. You were at that point about a day from Greyhome, 
still unsure about what you'd find when you got there. The next day has been spent, uh, which is enough time for you to have a long rest and, and to heal up, and so don't worry about any of that stuff. Consider yourselves full of both health and spell slots. Oh, that's useful. It is. Especially for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you took a pounding. Mm, I gave one as well. You did. Yes, you killed two people, but you did get smacked in the face while yes. doing it. Or in the beak. Mm. Right in the beak. <laughs> uh, the rest of the journey, uh, you progress out of this sort of, uh, sort of wilderness, sort of undulating, uh, rocky terrain and enter the kind of the mountains themselves. Uh, the valley walls close in and the paths, the cart's path takes it around a winding course. It's pretty cold, pretty unpleasant chill in the air that makes you kind of ruffle up, puff up those winter feathers, bird people. <laughs> um, probably more of a kind of spect- spectacle for Lazam, who is still getting used to the surface world. And the mountains are pretty, this is familiar rocky terrain for you. Mm. Soon, you round a corner and you get your first glimpse of the town of Greyhome itself. The town, not a large town, surrounded by a low brick wall and sits nestled at a point between two mountains, closing off a mountain pass. Over that brick wall, you can see a sort of low kind of rooftops. It doesn't look that unusual for a settlement for this uh, part of the world. However, there is one standout building, a tower, on what you can see is the sort of western side of the city, broad uh, big enough to actually account for a certain amount of the city's uh, footprint all by itself. And not the tallest building you might have ever seen if you'd explored the Forgotten Realms to any extent, but uh, capped on top of its sort of drab brick exterior with some kind of gilded apparatus stretching up to the sky. The car rumbles on. Janal clearly relieved to be home. I should stress, because I didn't mention already, you guys know this, the cart pulled by a mighty boar called Douglas, who snorts happily for the sight of his home and, based on the information Janal gave you, also his birthplace. <laughs> At the gates, cart draws to a stop and you're kind of waved to disembark. The gates are closed and there's a small crowd of commoners in front of you. Uh, you know them to be commoners because you're a little bit classist. <laughs> no, they're, they're just you know, ordinary townsfolk milling about, appear to be waiting for entrance. Uh, a tall, broad uh, human man in uh, chainmail stands in front of the uh, the gate. Uh, he's talking to various commoners as they come through and letting them in through a smaller door. Uh, presumably there's some sort of fee or transaction taking place. As your cart approaches, uh, he sort of nods in a kind of curt way to Janal. It's Dungeons and Dragons time. <laughs> what would you like to do? I think we want to enter mm-hmm. the town, right? So you're going to have to talk to this chap, this parrot gatekeeper. I mean, to be fair, two of us could fly. <laughs> no, that's a good point. It's quite a low wall as well, apparently. <laughs> but you're leaving the gnome behind. What was it that you were supposed to do? Oh, come Go on, under. guys. <laughs> <laughs> You start digging, we're taking off. <laughs> Two birds, one Meet stone. you on the other side. It might be like one gold to get in. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, she does. Just ask the man and see what oh, he yeah, wants. Oh, yeah, that's true. Or just try and walk in, see what, see what he does. As you approach, as you disembark, you realise that you are heads are turning. Uh, you're getting a look. The uh, 
these commoners gathered about are a mixture of humans, uh, shield dwarves, uh, kind of, uh, kind of common folk of this region. Uh, people are kind of looking at you and, 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 and muttering to each other a little bit. The, the guard kind of gives you a look and says, Greetings, travellers. <laughs> Welcome to Greyholm. The entrance fee is only one silver piece. <laughs> I don't have that, guys. I'm really how, poor. How many silver to a gold? Uh, it's, I think it's like a hundred. Holy shit. I have like this shovel. <laughs> I think I've got 15 gold pieces. Could you we have vastly <laughs> underestimated how expensive this needed to be. <laughs> he replies, as you said that out loud. <laughs> Do you guys not have any money? Am I the only one with money? I think so, yeah. It does look like Pip has no money. Isn't that ten? Oh, I've ten, ten something. I think that's GP, isn't it? What's GP? Gold, Gold. pieces. Oh, I'm guessing. I'm rich, yes. <laughs> Unless I have ten general pra- practitioners. <laughs> the economies of the surface world are unknown to the deep gnomes. <laughs> and actually, in Darakokra, also famously not materialistic. Well, they don't understand property. They are materialistic, but like a magpie, don't mm. love hoard things. Love shiny things. You've just been acquiring so, shiny things. Yeah, so I've got 15 <laughs> shiny things, and I'm explaining to the Zam the value of shiny things. No, these are shiny things. You can oh. use these. <laughs> Economics, you say. Oh. Trade, what? <laughs> that said, I don't think we have a way of splitting the gold pieces into silver pieces. <laughs> so, that's true, actually. Do you, do you give change by any chance? <laughs> yes, that's no problem. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> Good. Uh, I'm going to pay the man. Uh, Ralph. Yeah, uh, I can cover you. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> It'll actually save me some, like, uh, carrying space to only get 98 silver pieces back instead of 99. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yes, you've, you've sort of, uh, you've realized that you're, you're, for whatever reason, these people find you unusual and, and this has kind of afforded you almost free passage to the front of the queue. <laughs> we just loudly discussed how vastly more money we have than is necessary for this place. We could let one, one random extra person in as well. <laughs> <laughs> Are there people charity. queuing up? Yeah, they're, they're queuing for, for entrance. They're sort of waiting their turn to, to pay and enter the town. I feel like this is a, this is a move that rather exposes us as, uh, rich and chumps. <laughs> <laughs> no one's getting my gold pieces. Now I know what they are. No one, no one else can have them. And also, you don't have any money, Pip, so this is all right for you to suggest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like everyone should benefit from your munificence. <laughs> I disagree, actually. <laughs> You do actually have all that money, right? It's not like you just took all of the money from everyone else in the cart on the way here. <laughs> no, well, it just says 15 on my sheet. I think it's fine. I remember picking comfortable as my financial situation. Yeah, right. right. Which also means it costs me money to live. <laughs> <laughs> to live comfortably. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's cushions. <laughs> yeah. Please help. My family is dying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to deep gnome in. I'm going to just strut right through that, right into the town. So I own the place. No. Uh, this 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 guardsman uh, so happily takes your your silver piece and, and permits you entrance into the town. I have nine gold now. What happens to the what are you, what's your plan, bird people? Uh, can I ask the guardsman um, like where's good to stay around here? Uh, yes, we have an excellent inn. Uh, you can't miss it. Is it the tower? No, no, no. You missed it. <laughs> you missed it. <laughs> oh. 
No, though, you shouldn't, shouldn't miss <laughs> the Alchemist's Tower, the heart of our community, and indeed the source of the miracles of Greyholm. His voice says, breaking slightly. <laughs> if you have an Alchemist's Tower, why do you need money? You can't create something from nothing, something you'll discover <laughs> in Greyholm. <laughs> Okay. Can you, though, create gold pieces from silver pieces? These seem like fine questions <laughs> for the alchemist of Greyholm. <laughs> I am simply the town marshal. What's your name? Al John. <laughs> Sorry, it's Al John. Al John. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Are you going to pay? <laughs> I thought we did. Sorry, oh. I did. I've got in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I covered Pip, and I think Tom covered himself. Lazam, the deep gnome, is actually lost because he didn't ask any of these pertinent questions. So just <laughs> wandering around in circles. <laughs> just just <laughs> actually, I'm going to make. Uh, so uh, take a. Well, hang on. So, are you actually? <laughs> what have you done, Tom Senior? What have you? So, uh, Lazam has just has walked in, and he's going to he's he's going to try and figure this out as as he goes along. Uh, okay, so he's, he's casing the, the town. All right, I'm going uh, to say you're surrounded by kind of low uh, buildings, sort of secured against the winter weather, wood cladding and, and roofs, what they have, mm. and that kind of thing, all that business. Mm. Um, the, 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 the tower is still clearly the biggest, uh, the biggest building in town, and the street that you've entered uh, leads past a kind of tangle of buildings and opens out on one side to a town square. So uh, unless you've gone off the beaten track, mm. it would be difficult to get spectacularly lost Very good. <laughs> then I'm merely mildly confused okay <laughs> as you two enter the town the two, as Eretrix and Ralph enter the town you see ahead of you uh, Lazam walking a few feet ahead are you going to catch up with him are you going to just leave him be because apparently because you only become friends on the journey maybe you how, maybe you don't like him how tall is the alchemist tower um, it's it's probably about I'd say about like 80 feet tall so could I spend 12 seconds or whatever, like, because it'll be two movements, getting to the top and do a tiny poo on top of the tower, <laughs> as is the manner of my bird okay. people. Is that a free action? <laughs> <laughs> We're not in combat. <laughs> okay, so as you enter through the gates, um, <laughs> as you enter the gates... <laughs> Sorry. Um, the, there are people entering around you as well. Um, a mm. commoner pushes past you, um, uh, Ralph, and as he does, he just tugs at one of your feathers. Like he huh. has a little pull at your wing. And, um. How dare you? Yeah, uh, he, he goes to move past you. You can obviously interrupt if you wish. You just sort of like, he's, he's, he's not, it's not a malicious thing. He's just kind of like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Have a look at that. I think I turn on him and say, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he says, that's, you've, You've had a good one. He's done you all like a big crow. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> so as if Have you know I'm an actual crow? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, he's really like... Yeah, he says, almost unintelligible. And uh, and he just sort of bumbles off. Um, at this, however, slightly rude, you take this as the opportunity you need to stretch your wings a bit. You've been cooped up in that cart mm. for a long time. And uh, does it take a bit of a run to get Eretrix into the air? Uh, in the manner of, uh, have you seen the blue planet thing with the uh, albatrosses? Mm. There's a certain amount of waddly running uh, towards <laughs> the edge of the cliff to try and 
it's fine. Yeah, you're on a big straight road. So maybe this is what you've seen is this almost a runway. Mm. <laughs> and, um, there's, there are commoners milling about. I see the, the odd person in, in some noble dress, actually, in a scattering of town guards. And as this, uh, this confrontation between Ralph and a passing commoner draws some eyes, mm. Eretrix just begins to run people scattering out of the way in front of them. And they bring their wings out and beat down hard once and dust scatters. And this Aracocra bird person just takes to the, the air. And it's not something that anyone who lives here has probably ever seen. And you see that commoner that tugged at your feathers, Ralph, kind of turn and go, Wow! <laughs> and he did that one up like a big pigeon! <laughs> That's the noise I'm making as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you're in the air. Eretrix, mm. what's your, your destination is the tower. Oh yeah, top of that tower. So from your vantage point in the sky as the town, uh, drops beneath you, you can see, you know, the low buildings, a few larger ones. You see this town square that sits in front of the tower, uh, people milling around and the sheer kind of, uh, it's a round tower made of, uh, gray stone and, uh, the gray stone of gray home. Mm. And, uh, on the top of it, the there's the sort of crenellations in the top of the tower and then jutting out of the top of it is this sort of tangled uh apparatus of loops of gold and silver and bronze uh it looks like uh you actually i'm gonna do an do an intelligence check for me will you mm-hmm. 18 plus one wow 19 you would recognize this as having um sort of astronomical kind of purpose or astrological purpose uh, it looks like some form of orrery. And as you take to the uh, sky, where would you choose to land? On it. On the orrery. Yep. Um, I'm going to ask you to take a dexterity check for me there. Oh, dear. <laughs> Five plus three. <laughs> you reach to uh, grab this thing with your talents. You, you know, this is instinct for you to land on something. But... <laughs> As you grab it, you realize that this is not, uh, this is not sturdy metal work. This is maybe, uh, you know, sealed against the elements, but it's fundamentally, uh, you know, um, possibly of ornamental purpose or of some arcane purpose that you haven't yet fathomed. And you grab this gold band of one part of the orrery and it bends under your oh weight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, mm. I have my beak buried in my wing. It's <laughs> an embarrassment of my. <laughs> My fellow bird person. <laughs> the eyes in the town. And so at, at this point, uh, Alton, the marshal, kind of steps through the gate and goes, What on <laughs> earth is going on? And then, uh, so what would you like to do, Eretrix? Uh... <laughs> Hide. <laughs> okay, I need to take a stealth check for me. <laughs> With disadvantage. Four. With disadvantage. And... Roll it again. 16. So you're taking the four. four. What's your dex modifier? Uh, it is three. So what's your stealth? Uh, uh, do, you, are, do you have a proficiency in stealth at all? Well, it says plus three, but it's that's, not a proficiency. That'll be based oh, on your yeah, dex modifier. So, so you just uh, yeah. Because bear in mind those uh, these sheets that we printed out include both bo- yeah. both bonuses. So, um, so you got a total score of seven. Uh, that's not sufficient. You are a. Do I fall off the R? No, you managed to leap. Uh, you managed to leap down to one of the stone crenellations on the edge of the on the edge of the uh, 
on the edge of the tower, but you, this is not so much, you know, you haven't necessarily fallen, but you've just realized, like, I imagine all birds have an instinct for, like, this branch isn't going to hold it. Yeah. And so you just leap down to the stone crenellation. I but you can definitely be seen would, by everyone. <laughs> I would like to pretend that I was there all along, and I would like to tell Al John, um, hey, uh, something happened to your orrery. I saw it, but I you was are, too You are 150 feet from Al John. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I broke your shit, boy. Does that change things? He's a, a little speck of oh, distance by the gatehouse. In that case, I will... Go on top of an 80-foot uh, tower. Is it broken, or did it just bend it just a bent. little bit? It, like, it gave as you landed on it. Okay. Uh... Do a small poo. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, there's a there's a there's a general commotion in the town centre. Mm. Um, obviously, all eyes have been drawn to this uh, strange um, being. Uh, could you do a perception check for me, uh, Ralph mm-hmm. or Lazam? Actually, maybe either of you could do this. Um, That's I rolled an eighteen. Oh wow, that'll do it pretty good. And I have some kind of. Uh, I got past three. So, so I'm going to say is that um, just for the sake of obviously, uh, you know, they always say about Dungeons and Dragons, the best thing to do is definitely split the party as much as possible <laughs> and fly off and poop on things. That's that's perfect. It makes I the whole thing much easier to run. Back. You just like, everyone needs to go when they finish a long journey, but no, not everybody feels compelled <laughs> to go quite so spectacularly. But uh, anyway, so I'm going to say that you two are sort of caught up with each other a little bit, Ralph and Lazam, because you're in the same street watching the same spectacle. Um, <laughs> You can you can hear um who's that it, it looks like it was the same commoner that just you know pushed past you talking to someone else, presumably somebody he knows. Uh, and you kinda of get this glimpse you can overhear a snippet of their conversation which is like Oh, sometimes they don't take they don't take to it well, do they? Oh, ah, well it'll pass, it'll pass. And uh at this point, however, um you can see that there's uh actually Eric, could you do a perception check for me? Yep. Fourteen. What's your modifier on wisdom? Two. Okay. So you uh, you realise, because you are... Uh, would this embarrass Eritrex? No. Okay. <laughs> it was more <laughs> the damage to the orrery was the thing you were concerned about. Eritrex is too old for this. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> okay. Eritrex live their life to the fullest, knowing that tomorrow they may die. This is very full. (laughs) So you realise maybe with a small measure of disappointment that you're actually not the centre of attention anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There's some sort of, there's clearly something else, like some sort of distraction or commotion uh, from the base of the tower. Mm. Uh, That uh, place where it gives out to that large town square. And uh, suddenly someone bolts from but you can see this from above there's there's clearly figures huddled in a circle and then someone bolts from that figure back towards where the others are back towards the gate back to where Aljon is what you two experience Ralph and Lazam is a uh, a sort of hurried looking commoner running past you directly for Aljon say go quick go quick go quick there's trouble in the square and All suddenly right. people start to move there's a commotion hmm. uh a kind of, uh, you maybe perceive this Eretrix as a, a, you know, all those little people below you kind of all uh, running to a central spot. Mm. I think I'd like to uh, take off and um, follow the direction of the commotion, but from the air to get a better overview. Okay. 
I will uh, I will walk with the mob slowly <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go too far ahead of Lazam. I don't want to feel left out. <laughs> and Eric's. Um, I think I will stay put for the moment because I'm obviously just above the thing and just sort of see what I can see. Unless there's any ledges on the tower further down that I could like. It's quite smooth. To. Broadly, they're all they're all windows, but they're inset into the tower proper. If that makes sense, yeah. so they're not like they don't have like window sills. Basically, I want to be ready bird. for any dive bombing that needs to be <laughs> happening. Okay. Um, mm. So just, and also, but obviously from a role playing point of view, that means you might not have access to information that the others do because you're not. I see. You know, that's because everyone has different perception, mm. obviously. So, and obviously everyone's perception is different because you're walking, you're flying and you're pooping. <laughs> no, no, that was just a brief interlude. I just okay. thought, what would a bird do? That's a good thing to think. Can you can you only do that once per long rest? <laughs> um, well, I would say that's about the average amount that anyone poos. <laughs> so I'm just going to apply some logic to this and say, yes, um, only when you need to go is going to be the rule on that one. Um, is it different for birds, though? Because I know, like, some animals... Um, they do poo and wee at the same time. Yeah, and some sort of... If, like, you I'm know, so dogs, glad we got onto this. <laughs> dogs use it as scent marking, and so they can... Go a lot, I think. Like, it go more at will than humans, perhaps. Yeah, but so none of you are dog people, so... No. But, it, like, when a bird shits on something, are they marking out their territory? Was that your motive, Pip? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why was, there? <laughs> it was more so that if I... I just wanted to know that I'd done it and they didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> they did know. Oh. Um, so, uh, actually, so to make this make sense, so, uh, first up, I'd like you to make a perception check, Eratrix. Okay. One. <laughs> As the cra- <laughs> you can't see it. You don't know you're a bird. <laughs> you, uh, oh, uh, a cloud comes <laughs> over. Um, I'm going to say that actually the, um, the, the, the shapes of people rushing towards this central point, there's a huddle um, around this point beneath you and you really can't make much out. You can see people's back cloaks kind of pulled up looking at something on the ground. It's clear that whatever is on the ground is small and that when you just can't make it out at all. With your old bird eyes. Oh. Um, Ralph, you take to the sky and you see that, yes, people are converging on a, on a, on a, a central point. Take a perception check for me as well, actually, mm-hmm. just because it's a, you know. That's 16 plus but, three. Okay. So, yeah, you, you get, you're a little bit closer to the ground. And actually, people aren't paying attention to the fact that you've just taken off. Um, because of this commotion, Aljon's run ahead and is kind of barging his way through the crowd. He's a, a big dude, um, kind of pushing people out of the way. And he um, reaches uh, what you can see, and you can see over the heads of the crowd, is a stooped, older human man who appears to be very upset or very concerned. There's obviously this, this, the signs of distress. And he is leaning over what appears to be, uh, although you're too far away to make out the exact details, the, like, a, like a little statue or something, like a statue of a bird. This is perfectly still. A small, squat, kind of avian uh, sort of creature, but it's it's so perfectly still and, and sort of an ashen colour that it could only be a piece of statutory or a municipal art or something like that. It's an unusual place out in the middle of the square, but these, you know, you know, forgotten realmses and their ways maybe are not completely familiar to you as a Aracocra. Uh, Lazam in the crowd 
you have to you're so dense that it's hard for you to ever be jostled <laughs> you're just bouncing off me yeah you so you you do you, you move through the crowd like a stone through water like just the you know the current kind of changing to match your presence people some people sort of you don't you barge into them rather than the other way around but obviously you're only what three foot tall so there's an element of like people going like oh what and then a bit like a kind of like a brick child has just um <laughs> here's coming through um and this actually your 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 nature does allow you if you choose to just sort of you know make your way through the crowd we're not not necessarily making no enemies as you go <laughs> in terms of how people feel about this but none of these uh none of these soft squishy surface dwellers are capable of of meaningfully stopping you yeah, I'm going to, in this fashion, make my way as close to the front of the crowd as I can. So you get to the front of the crowd. Uh, Eretrix, you have no idea this is any of this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how do I get down from here? I'm not a <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't fly. You I'll get just, momentary vertigo. I'm going to wait for the cloud to pass. <laughs> okay. You can move if you wish. I'm not telling you to, but obviously you... Um, it's genuinely up to you. I'm not trying to railroad you at no, all. It's no, just that... Any, can I see any buildings that are, like, near the thing that would offer me... Not really, because the, there's, like, a, this broad square has clearly been built in front of the tower. Oh, and okay. then the town sort of begins to the sides. And whatever is happening is happening right at the base of the tower. Mm. I want to know what's going on. So I... Can I fly down and just land... And, somewhere helpful uh, i yep. know it's quite crowded but i'm also quite fat so i can just <laughs> okay so i'm going to man- manage some simultaneous action here ralph what's your or what's your approach um I, you can't hover you have yeah. to fly in circles if you want to fly. yeah i think i want to do like a soup um uh i want to soup in closer you know do a pass okay and get a closer i'll assume the like, okay well, that's what you're doing lazam has made it to the front of the crowd and i'll tell you what you saw very briefly hmm. uh could you Make an acrobatics check for me, wow. Eratrix. Yes. 13 plus 5. Nice. So you are ultimately a, a dexterous and graceful creature um, <laughs> in your own very specific way. <laughs> and so you um, you realize, ah, you can't see. Mm. Well, it might be time to muck it with these people. So you drop from your perch, tuck your wings in and just sort of plummet downwards and then open them again. Right as you get to the base of the tower, shouting again, it's momentarily distracting. (laughs) And you manage to land um, next to, but crucially not on, (laughs) this hunched and distressed figure um, who is so fixated on this this statue thing in front of him that he that uh, he doesn't even really look like he's even surprised by the 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 Aracocra bird person that's just thumped to the ground next to him. Mm. As you're pushing your way through the crowd, Lazam, you hear muttering people saying, it's the alchemist. And then you realize this is kind of very like the way you're looking at the person, the man you're looking at is, looks pretty old for a human. He's wearing uh, practical leather robes, uh, various sort of uh, tomes and vials about his person. And in front of him is a, what looks like a strange, uh, statue thing. It's a, it's like a, it's about the size and, and profile of a chicken. But it has, um, instead of feathers, it has these sort of ashen, kind of perfectly smooth shell-like scales that cover it. And give it a kind of rounded profile, despite obviously being kind of like, you know, chicken shaped. 
and um, this distressed old man looks up at you and says, Nobody move! Nobody, nobody touch him! And and at this point, uh, Janal, who maybe is, uh, sorry, Aljon, who's had a, 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 a trickier time pushing through the crowd than you have, as in your three foot tall, dense, of a, a dying star kind of way, um, gets through it and says, Bunfer, what's wrong? He just looks and there's almost tears in this old man's eyes. And he says, it's, it's, it's Ch- Chegg. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Would you describe the the rounded shell like things on the outside of the chicken as egg like? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's somebody's done something to Chegg. and uh, this with a kind of uh, maybe surprising um, sensitivity. The the town marshal moves around to this old older man's shoulder and put a pat hands on it and says it's going to be okay my friend it's going to be okay just just tell me what you need uh, what would you like to do in this time uh well i haven't landed yet so i guess i'll land nearby <laughs> okay uh given that you are just soaring past i'm not going to make you do a check for that so you come in uh to uh, to land in uh, maybe the back of the crowd, people aren't quite next to Eritrex where things aren't quite so dense. And can I ask him, what is it normally like? <laughs> <laughs> he sort of, he was just, he, he was, he was here. He was, he was just happy. He was, he was running and, and frolicking and he was, he was fine. And now he's stopped. I don't know. I don't know. It's not nice to see an old man cry, and that's kind of what you're having to deal with. Mm. So, is this thing, uh, it's uh, statue like in some way? Is it actually like stone? It looks, uh, looks so like it's made of stone. Um, it looks, yes, it looks like a creature that has been um, frozen or sort of arrested at the point of movement. Okay. Right, like appearing like a statue is because it's sort of lifestyle, lifestyle proportions. Now that you're closer to it, maybe given gauging uh, this man's response, you can see that it's, you know, it's not supposed to be like this, then it has, does look like it's, it's sort of frozen. It's an ashen color, but it looks like it's, the colors of its body are muted. Mm. Like, it, you know, like someone has turned the contrast down. <laughs> can I use, uh, prestidigitation in order to slightly enhance its color and make it look a bit more like it than it normally does um, to cheer the old man up? <laughs> Uh, yes, you may. That's a cantrip, is it not? Yep. So you can just read to me the description of what this does. Um, I can... Uh, let's see. Uh, it does a whole load of different things, but basically I can create an instantaneous harmless sensory effect. Um, I can make colours. I can soil or clean something. I don't think I'll soil it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello! But it's a sensory effect, so it's not yeah. physical? Like, explain to me how exactly this works. Yeah, it's if effectively an illusion. I'd be so just sort of changing the colour of a thing. Okay, so, uh, and this is just something you do, right? It's not a... Yeah. Okay. So, with a... a how does Ralph cast spells? Is this gestural? Is it something you speak? Um, it actually specifies that it's both gesture and uh, vocal component. Um, but I guess... You can uh, utter it or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know what the, like if I have to specify what word it would be. Uh, it's probably in a different. No, language, no, no. Right? Just, it's more that you know, it's what what this appear, how this appears. Yeah, as well. but also it's like I'm a bird, so the 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 syllables are probably going to be like <laughs> <laughs> whilst waving my you black wing over. Yeah, the, you sort of thing. with this with the squawk and an adjustment of your. Actually, um, can I attempt to do it without him noticing? And uh, uh, yeah, just do it. Um, just do a uh, stealth check for me. So I'm quite good at stealth. I've got plus four on that. That's 10 plus 4. Um, I'm going to say that... Um, oh, sure. Fine. So he, um, he uh, with a kind of a, a subtle ruffle of feathers and a kind of guttural kind of squawk under your breath, um, you cast this spell and colour starts to return. You start to see what would have previously been a kind of, like a, a almost an iridescence of his feathers, the blues and the greens and the bright reds. Feathers, I say, this sort of shell feathers. Um, kind of uh, a luster returns. Uh, there's a, a brightness returns to the the, the yellow of uh, its eyes, and you get an immediate response from uh, the alchemist, who says, oh, "Jag, Jag is are you? Are you? And he leans closer, like expecting something else, expecting movement, <laughs> and then he goes, "No, I I don't understand. I don't." Understand. <laughs> This is going to end up not being such a kindness, is it? <laughs> no. Someone has... Someone has done this to him. I think I, I'd like to say, look, he got better for a bit. Maybe it'll just wear off. <laughs> he just looks at you for the first time and like starts backwards and says, Stranger, I, I hope you're right. I couldn't. He means everything to me. I hug him. <laughs> Bundover, the alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's his name? <laughs> <laughs> so you just hug him. Yeah, right? with my wings. He sort of, because uh, uh, has has a hand on one shoulder and you sort of... I just want to enfold him in my birdly warmth. <laughs> in a helpful way. Are you sitting on him? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, so I was just like, you know, of... I was soothing. I was soothing. Okay. Um, I'm going to make you do a soothing check. <laughs> no, it's fine. 13. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's moderately so... comforted. <laughs> or, or not. Slightly warm. <laughs> so he sort of, he doesn't push you away, but he sort of, not sort of, again, he's sort of startled. And he says, oh, look. I don't. I don't need your comfort. I need your help. Okay. And, I, and he, he, um, he reaches towards this thing. Uh, he's almost. He's, he's gingerly getting ready to touch it. Any. I'll just step forward and give it a poke. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I'm from the underground. I know. I know rocks. I know a thing or two about stone. I want to go and give it a wrap. Little poke. Okay. So is this a, yes, is this a, like a, a rapping on a door kind of thing or is it a poking? Um, it's going to be like, uh, just a, a gentle poke. I'm going to poke Chegg. <laughs> you, um, so before, as, 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 uh, Bundva very slowly extends his hand, uh, you, you Lazam just stride forward out of the crowd and just go like, book. And as you touch it, you, you, what you, you didn't necessarily know what, what texture to expect, particularly now that the, um, the color has been returned to this thing, but you, you, you touch it and it feels almost like sand. Like, you know, the feeling of, um, touching either, uh, like ash that is so, so granular that it's almost like velvety smooth. Mm. 
or like touching sand, like very smooth sand, like, you know, like, uh, not, not coarse at all, just, uh, kind of almost warm with that kind of warm beach kind of feel. You push it and your finger just goes straight in, oh. like in a kind of thing. Oh. And then from the point of your impact away, dust just starts to like spiral out and piece by piece, this thing just almost like the wind has now finally learned how to touch it just scatters to ash. I am like, (laughs) which which just um, scatters and falls down. Now the weight of whatever fine balance, molecular balance was holding this thing together. Just goes, I am once again, burying my beak in my (laughs) (laughs) way. And I'm going to run away. And, um, (laughs) And the alchemist just <laughs> he bellows, blowing out the microphones. Probably, <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, I, I want to cast fog cloud and run away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking a blame for those people. <laughs> Please find help. I can't go back inside. <laughs> So is this the natural thing you do? Yeah, I'm okay. Cast What's, fog please read the description of fog cloud to me. <laughs> you create a twenty foot radius sphere of fog centered on a point within range. The sphere spreads around corners, and its area is heavily obscured. It lasts for duration uh, or until a wind of moderate or <laughs> moderate speed uh, disperses it. Okay, so the point where this has clearly happened, um, and you hear that cry hmm. um, suddenly. What does it look like when uh, Lazam cast spells? Um, he just claps. Right. And, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he There's a like sound of rock on rock as he yeah. collapses. Yes. Well, and, um, his grey fog just blows in and mingles with the, the ashes of Cheng <laughs> and, and spreads through the crowd immediately. Like everyone here is packed into a space not much bigger than probably 20, 25 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of blinding is, uh, and, uh, and kind of no one can see anything. And uh, so for my sake, uh, Lazam, what's your plan now? Are you running? I'm going to pick a direction and go, basically. And I'm going to go through anyone who's in my way. Just okay. until I feel People like in the crowd feel this sort of like, <laughs> in the stomach, right? Like, is this <laughs> Where could he three have foot stone man <laughs> just barrels out of the crowd in a different direction? Uh, bird folk, what's mm. your plan? Uh, yeah, I guess there's, um, I, I'm not fleeing. So I'm guessing there's not much I can do while the fog is lasting. I mean, I could... I could try and flap it away with my wings, mm. um, but I, I don't actually want to rumble Zam's escape if he wants to. You'll need to create a 10 miles per hour wind to disperse the fog cloud. Well, let's see what prestidigitation says. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I don't want to do this while you're escaping. I want to wait till you've made your escape. So for now, I'm doing nothing. You can hear in the mist on the fog uh, the voice um, of... You can hear that uh, Aljon and the alchemist are having a some kind of discussion, saying like, uh, you can hear the voice of the alchemist saying like, is it him? Is, is he the one? And it's like, it says, and Aljon sounds like, I think he just got into town. I don't, I don't, it doesn't make sense. I, I, I saw, I took his silver. He was here moments ago. He says, Aljon, if not him, then who, who's done this? Can I ask, I'm going to ask them. What's up? Having <laughs> <laughs> perceived a nothing. voice, a voice in the fog just says, "What's up?" <laughs> um, you hear the alchemist say, "Who said that?" 
uh, uh, God. <laughs> no. Deception. <laughs> I'm going to make you deal with that. Uh, I'm not going to make you deal with that. <laughs> I'm just going to stride towards them. Oh, no, wait, I was hugging him. You were right behind him, but yeah. you're still like... A thick magical fog is okay, ensconcing fine, fine, everything. Fine. I'm going to flap a little bit so we can see each other. Um, and, okay. And uh, ask. Yeah, I'm going to say that, yeah, it's a 10 mile an hour wind to fully disperse the fog, but probably like a few little flaps will get you yeah, <laughs> like a bit, bit of, of space. It'll, it'll come back in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm, well, I'm just going to start asking some more specific questions like, okay, well, so has this happened before? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not. <laughs> Of course not. We've never. This is the work of a. This is the work of my lifetime. This. This doesn't just happen. But hang on. What was your work? Your job is an alchemist. I I am Bundler, the alchemist of Greyholm. Surely you came here for me. To do what? (laughs) (laughs) See. My words of my miracle spread, but. My name does not. So you made a chegg. <laughs> I've made more than a chegg. You mean buffoon? He made a sandy chegg. He was never sandy before. He was alive and vital and beautiful. And my special egg boy. <laughs> Interesting. Oh well, maybe that's just how it ends for cheggs. <laughs> Impossible. Oh. He's. He was proof. Wait. Um, well, shall I talk to you in Aracochran? Okay. Uh, Which is just squawking. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, don't, do you have a thing that we can see if there was magic done? I do. I, I'm going to guess yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I need to do an arcana check for that. Oh. <laughs> but it, it might tell us something, yeah. Well, that always start doing perception rolls, but I think that certain people might have put certain disadvantages. Sorry. I let one off, guys. <laughs> it was me. I doubt it. <laughs> also, you've consumed one of your spell slots now. Uh, that's true. Lizanne, we'll get back to you in a minute. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll do a, an arcana check on the, okay, the and that dust, is, I guess. <laughs> is that a roll or is it? Uh, it is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. So I've got, um, roll them bones. It's a two <laughs> plus three. <laughs> um, Takes me all you, the five. So you don't have any idea. Maybe had, if the dust was still, if, the, if, if, if Chegg was still there, <laughs> for you, what you're struggling to find is like the physical remnants of this thing, because obviously it, it collapsed into a cloud of ash. And then a thick grey fog appeared. So even though Arcano goes beyond mere terrestrial sight, you are, yes, the, uh, the, the situation is not amenable to determining exactly what happened here. I can probably tell that Lazam cast a fog cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just get, uh, it, what, what magic school is, uh, fog cloud? Should uh, say on the spell. It is, uh, conjuration. Yeah. You just, you can just, it, there's just conjuration magic and if if yeah that's probably a better way of processing that five is you know arcana feels like reaching out for a, almost like a flavor of magic in the air like the kind of the feel of it the kind of metaphysical uh, 
frequency that it registers on. And unfortunately, this is like whatever was here has just been, you know, has this basically stench of conjuration magic on top of it now. <laughs> Thanks, as I am. Let's ask, um, uh, did you see this happen? He says, no, I was inside with my, at my, at my business, uh, in my study, and then heard a shout from outside. I came out and people were looking up at something. But then I saw him. Oh. <laughs> Put my beak in my wing again. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him st- stood there like, I thought maybe he'd seen something on the ground. He was, he was so curious. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but then as I drew closer, I realized something had gone terribly, terribly wrong. And I go, <laughs> Uh, can I ask the crowd, did anyone see what happened? There's a sort of, like, looking from face to face, and, and someone says, Oh, you just came by, and there was a, a statue, Jack. I'm sorry, sir, you're too West Country to be understood. <laughs> Could you repeat that? <laughs> and then his friend pokes him and goes, Oh, sorry, I just came by, and he, uh, he'd stopped. He <laughs> seemed to have stopped. <laughs> It's most astute, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Did you see anyone else in the vicinity? He says, "Well, it was this, it was this big pigeon, oh, and it went, oh, it went all away. I've never seen anything like that in my life." And I thought, "Well, you know, people, people, there's all sorts, takes all sorts, and it takes all sorts." And it went, "Oh, on the top of the tower, yeah." And then I was just sort of looking at that, and then I looked down, and then it was a little check. It was a statue now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. That's very helpful. That's right. <laughs> and off he goes. <laughs> so. Like, I remember seeing Pip flying up to the tower, but does not recognise that it's Pip asking him this question as well. <laughs> it's very foggy, he says. <laughs> In defence. Yeah. Can I scoop up a little bit of Chegg and take it with me? Um, just in case it comes in useful. So, hang on, but you've just beat your wings to make a fog space. But you said it would creep back in. The fog will. Yeah. <laughs> Chegg is long gone. Oh, we're I'm, idiots. I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just all trace. You can thing. take a actually do a perception check for me. Do a perception check. For yeah. Me. One. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see a fucking thing. <laughs> Again, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I should well, have made I think it's time we should be leaving. <laughs> oh God. Right. Well, <laughs> We've shut on their tower and destroyed their creation and wiped all evidence of it ever existing. <laughs> That's how two, two birds and one stone roll. <laughs> I mean, we don't know this man. We don't owe him anything. You, uh, um, you know, sort of an awkward, an awkwardness has set in. How long does fog cloud last? <laughs> you would like to hear it last an hour. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Um... Shall we go inside? So, um, so uh, the alchemist stands, obviously still shaken, but he's composed himself a little bit. Al John is there with him, kind of helping him get to his feet. And um, uh, he mutters his own... Uh, precipitation can create a wind, can't it? Yeah, it says, yeah. Uh, it says a gust of wind or something. Okay. Uh, let me just check. Um, um, a puff of wind, so that doesn't sound like it would do it. Okay. But we could... Pip and I could both flap our wings to try and yeah. disperse this thing. Well, what I was going to say is, um, 
is the alchemist stands and, and with his own actually small incantation and uh, a gesture, a little burst of wind kind of oh, okay. uh, puffs from him and um, sends the, the fog sort of scattering. It doesn't completely disperse it, but it does send it sort of scattering away from him, away from the base of the tower in a circle and away from both of you. Stood I could well. join in and help just... Even yep. if it's not necessary, just, sort of, gesture, solidarity. just sort of yeah. help. And between the two of you, um, the, the, the fog kind of is sort of blasted away from this central point and does begin to sort of um, separate and, and disperse slightly. There's a few, uh, it, as it does, you see that the crowd has thinned a little bit, presumably as soon as it was clear that they couldn't see anymore. A number of, <laughs> a number of uh, figures in the crowd have sort of just drifted off in their own directions. He's could have composed himself and turned to Aljon and says, These are He said there was they had just arrived, but they're so strange. <laughs> and he says, Yes, they all got off they got off Janelle's cart. I don't boo, I mean whenever do I don't think this was done by them. And I don't <laughs> <laughs> And uh and he says uh, but it was done by somebody. Somebody did this to my precious check. And I, I, I will find them. I will find them. And I, he turns to me and says, you three, what is your, what is your business here if it isn't to ruin my life? Wait, is Lazam still here? No, uh, I'm. Oh no, sorry, yes, you too. Well. What brings the, what brings the Arakocra folk to Great Home at this, the worst day. Well, we weren't together. We didn't. <laughs> we just sort of were on the same cart for a time. And then um, we... He, 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 he we sort are. of, he doesn't necessarily process that he needs to make that distinction at the moment. He's obviously okay, grieving. Well, there was a tall tower. <laughs> yeah, <I've>... <laughs> <laughs> I'll say... Um, uh, I heard tell of your amazing alchemical feats and I had just had to meet the man. He smiles uh, faintly and says, I, I had hoped, I'd hoped to welcome outsiders and show them what I have built in this desolate place. But this is, I never thought I would experience this kind of loss. I'm sorry, I, I, I can't be the host you need today. <laughs> That's right, I put a reassuring wing around him. <laughs> <laughs> he sort of pats, pats you slightly with his yeah. free hand. He says, uh, well, I hope your time in my town is what you require of it. Do come and see me if you if there's anything I can do, and I'll tell you this, if you get the faintest wind of what happened here, and if you catch that gnome, <laughs> I, will, I would happily reward you, happily. I must have justice. On the subject of the gnome, uh, <laughs> it, it, forgive, forgive me if I'm misperceiving this, but uh, it seemed to me that you were about to touch... Chegg yourself, uh, do you think that might have had the same Could effect? Could you do a uh, persuasion check for me, actually, though? Okay. On charisma, obviously. It's five plus three. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, plus two. Sort of, um, he says, I approached it. I, I was going to, 
I saw the colour change. I still don't understand how that happened. And <laughs> I, I thought... I mean... I, I, I wanted to be sure. I thought I would reach out as, as softly and gingerly as, as beautiful Chegg deserved. And, and then this... Oh, this thing, this squat disaster... <laughs> thrusts forward with a finger of inelegant stone and scatters my jeg to the wind and then has the tenacity, the tenacity to mask his exit with a foul fog. No, hateful creature. No delicacy, no respect for a, a thing in need. I feared he was lost, but I, the proof of it so brutally delivered, I'd, my heart almost stopped. <laughs> mm, that's fair. <laughs> So, um, quickly, back to on the, fl- the flippy flop, Lazam, where are you going? Um, so, I'm, I feel awful, <laughs> and I'm going to seek to create a disguise for myself. Uh, I mean, are, are there any kind of merchants around or anywhere, uh, anyone where I can where I can buy some platforms? Um, so, I'm going to make you do a, um, what would it be? What's sort of orienting? Well, so, how are you, what, what method are you going to undertake to try and find somewhere like this? It's just kind of panicked running around. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Maybe an investigation check. Investigation is more about crime scenes, which you have noticed. Instead, you kind of destroyed a crime scene. Um, survival? Yeah, we'll go off survival. Mm. I'm, going to give, I'm going to give you survival, and I'm going to give you disadvantage on this, yeah, because it's an unfamiliar town, and urban settings, like surface urban settings, is not your is not your domain. Mm. Uh, so what is that against? Uh, survival is against your wisdom. wisdom. Okay. I brought a two, everyone. So roll again, because <laughs> you uh, might get worse than that. That's true. <laughs> uh, I rolled a three. <laughs> um, I, I have a plus zero modifier to my wisdom. So, um, so but do you ha- is, uh, is, this is a good rules thing. <laughs> is survival one of your um, skills that you have proficiency in? Uh, it is. In fact. Then you add your proficiency bonus. Oh, great. That's two. So you've got a four. Four. That's still very bad. <laughs> That's still very, very bad. <laughs> um, you sort of, panic. You run into the into the the, the, sort of the nearest tangle of streets from the square, kind of like huffing along. You're not very fast, but you're getting a reckoning. <laughs> and um, you just realise that you've become completely lost. No, no. <laughs> um, so what would you uh, like to do? I'd like to um, <laughs> try and fashion my bedroll into a kind of makeshift cloak. Okay. Uh, I'm going to call that a... uh, Would that be survival or... It might be another survival check, actually. Mm. Um, I think that kind of crafting, kind of outdoorsmanship kind of thing. So not no disadvantage on this one. Okay. Roll 10. Okay, 10 plus 2. Yeah, you're able to... So you take your bedroll. Yeah. So I'm going to say that you you have destroyed your bedroll, right? Like it no longer functions as a bedroll. (laughs) However, you've sort of split it open. Mm. And... um, you know, the two kind of like slightly moth-eaten halves um, and um, punched a hole in it that you can put your head through and folding <laughs> it around. And you, like, a better roll would have made a better cloak, is what I'm saying, but yeah. you've not succeeded in making just a pile of fabric, right? Mm. You now have a kind of, you can pull this thing over your head, you know, kind of to partially disguise your identity. Excellent. As the only deep gnome <laughs> anyone's ever seen, I mean, it might give you some disadvantage on, like, passing unseen, but... Um, I'll try and cover my face as much as possible okay. and pass as uh, any other gnome folk. Okay, fine. What uh, What is your goal now? Because I have to go back to these two, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, suitably disguised, uh, yeah. I want to try and uh, make my way back to my companions, but obviously without being spotted by uh, the uh, alchemist himself. Okay, um, I, uh, so 
the way I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say that if you'd rolled a one for that getting lost check, I might have said you were completely lost. Mm. But the tower is the nice. biggest is the biggest building in town, mm. and you know where that you know you can always follow that. So it takes maybe a couple of um, you know a little bit of walking and a few wrong turns down blind alleys, mm. but you're able to emerge on the edge of the town square, and you can see um, this uh, conversation taking place between the alchemist Bandva, uh, Al John. Eretrix and Ralph. Would Sorry. does ha, it? Is there anyone that would like to harm Chegg? This is a question you're asking to Bundver. He says, or you. He sort of he went as you were talking, and as you got to the point about Chegg, he mm. didn't. He sort of almost like reactively shaking his head. You know that kind of like no, no, that's not that's not going to be it kind of thing. But as you get to him, he says. I, I'm sure I don't have any enemies. I don't think that anyone would want to strike out at me, but this must have been an attack on me or, or my work. It, it doesn't make sense. Who would harm an innocent Chegg? Well, so sweet, so beloved by everybody. Yes, yes. But, so, <laughs> would you like to... Uh, I mean, we've got one of your biggest fans here, so uh, do you want to talk to him about your incredibly interesting work? And I'll do a circuit and look for um, your boy Gnome. I don't know anything about your boy Gnome. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps if you, would, if you would like to come inside, I suppose I could show you what we do and how... How I do it. Uh, yeah, I if that's of that. interest, friend, he turns to you. Maybe he's gotten this sense of you now that this is a more erudite sort <laughs> of being. Um, I say an Aricot crimp, have fun! <laughs> <laughs> flap, flap, flap! I will, thanks! <laughs> so, um, at this point, Bunver turns to you both and says, this has been such a, a terrible day, but I don't... This is rude of me. I am, as you, as you know, I imagine you know, Bundva. Who are, who are you? <laughs> uh, I'm Ralph. Pleased to meet you. Good to meet you. He, he, look, he goes to shake your hand and he, he actually, there's a moment of double take where it's like, do I shake the wing or do I shake <laughs> the hand? And he settles on the hand. I proffer the hand. He turns to Eretrix. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, hmm, you, you, you are. Um, I'm Eretrix. He says, "Ah, he gets he gets the uh, the the um, aloof disposition that you are projecting, and sort of presses no further." Mm. He says, "If you find that, if you find that gnome, just uh, beat him within an inch of his life." For me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, See you. <laughs> and uh, he takes you. Uh, through the main entrance of his tower, Ralph. Uh, obviously, we have some split perspective here and some information that was only going to go in one direction, so I'll bear that in mind. Uh, before we do that, Eretrix, mm. you're you're looking to find I'm Lazan. genuinely going to go try and find him. Okay. Uh, you see this sort of parting of ways, mm. Lazam. You see uh, Ralph uh, and Bundva enter the uh, the chamber, and um, Aljon goes with them. Uh, Eritrix uh, just sort of walks off across the the town square alone. What would you like to do? 
I'll sort of sidle up more casual like as though it's this the easiest thing in the world and okay. int- introduce myself <laughs> wearing a sleeping bag <laughs> <laughs> wearing, wearing my bedroll <laughs> so Eritrex what's your response to this bucket that up <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I'm really sorry yeah. I was it, trying to help did it teach you anything I mean I'm assuming you were feeling it out for a reason uh, taught me never to do things <laughs> <laughs> that I feel like doing sometimes <laughs> yeah to be fair if it makes you feel any better I was going to prod it <laughs> <laughs> looked like a stiff breeze would have sent that thing collapsing anyway <laughs> He really hates you. He really <laughs> loves that Chegg. <laughs> <laughs> Loved. Um, what's your goal? So I know what you, you guys are doing while while Ralph is having his own separate adventure. So here's what I was thinking. Because mm. he's really, really mad at you. Yeah, I can't Either we make it look like I have duffed you up <laughs> like he wanted. And then hopefully job done we can go back to you not being wanted and getting out of that slanket. (laughs) Or we go find the cart people and uh, see whether we can get a bit of help, maybe a little bit of a better disguise for you from one of them. Because we were pretty great to them. I'd say the second idea that doesn't involve (laughs) you beating the crap out of me is the preferred gnome Mm. solution to this one. Right, well... mm. We could go find them and then maybe we can go to Nina and ask some questions and see what the the situation is. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to say that you you two are walking off to find Mm. uh, the people you arrived with. Mm. Um... Ralph, you, you enter the sort of the antechamber of the tower. So the tower is sort of widest at its base, but also uh, it's not like a single circular building. At its at its ground floor level, it's actually like, a imagine a, a building, like a kind of stone building with a tower kind of jutting out the middle of it. So at this level, there are corridors and rooms that branch off into uh, apartments and antechambers. And, but the room you enter as you come in is clearly um, almost has been sort of like pulled together as like almost like a waiting area or something. There are wooden benches and um, a place for people to kind of, uh, you know, there's a table and a place for people to wait for entrance into the, the place proper. It looks like it's set up for guests, essentially. On uh, the wall above one of the benches is a large portrait of what appears to be a younger Bundva, um <laughs> proudly cradling a, a glorious sort of iridescent Chegg. <laughs> um He's wearing his alchemist's garb, but framed against a a background of um, sort of almost like celestial light. He looks like he's emerging like an angel, like a like a science magic angel. I point to the a picture of Chegg and ask him, so which part of it came first? <laughs> <laughs> he looks at you, uh, despite the, the the grief he's experiencing and the 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 trials of his day. He this is he, a little. F- smile crosses his lips he looks at you and says ah but that is the question <laughs> yes <laughs> which was it <laughs> the answer is and i'm sure you'll see and i'm sure you seem uh amenable to the mysteries of the world the answer is both <laughs> chegg was proof of something marvelous uh proof that life can be folded up and repackaged within its own beginning. <laughs> he was my first attempt 
at what I can only describe as a form of eternal life. <laughs> he himself was or should have been eternal. <laughs> he's, he's lost himself in this feeling um, for a moment, in the manner of uh, Justin Timberlake. Um, <laughs> like, um, but sad. And and he, he leads you uh, through the... Uh, through this antechamber, past this portrait, on the way through, a uh, he's his uh, progress is momentarily halted, but then uh, he's let through by a uh, an armored guard, completely silent uh, armored guard in plate armor. Unless you do a perception check, okay. That is five plus three. It's an armored guard. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> um. See, there's some armor on that guard. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Proud obviously. of my perception. He sort of says, yes, obviously. <laughs> um, and, uh, and leads you, uh, through. As you do, you pass, um, you pass into a, a smaller, uh, kind of uh, area that does branch off into the, to the rest of this lower level. And, uh, here, framed on a wall, is, um, a kind of what looks like a, like a, a both a legal document and a map, and this um, uh, this is part of almost like the beginnings of a display, almost like almost uh, there's some sort of museum aspect to this. Like it's going to one day be um, uh, have a kind of a, a display purpose. Uh, as you pass it, you see that it has in lettering in common above above this map, um, writ of land rights. And it's that's uh, and, and what and it is what appears to be a map of of Greyhome and the surrounding area. Uh, as you uh, he um, Bunver at this point is just walking on ahead of you. Uh, can I ask him? Do you own this whole place? He says, "Yes, I I do. Uh, this town grew up around my tower. Uh, it's my work that drew the first few people here, and I made a claim to this place. This wilderness would have been nothing, but." wretched creatures and the hazards of the wild were it not for this small amount of civilization that I've been able to bring and I was so ready to open our gates and bring more people here and share what we've learned but <laughs> I quietly roll my eyes I guess you always roll your eyes quietly <laughs> as both eyes lock back in I don't know that much about Aarakocra maybe it's really noisy cool um, he uh, you uh, walk back and he, and he brings you to a, a narrow sort of spiraling staircase that leads up. Clearly, you've now entered the kind of body of the tower proper. I'd like to ask him, actually, um, uh, so I hear that uh, you are responsible for Douglas, the giant boar. He Tell thinks, me about that. Ah, Douglas. Yes, that's what he called him, I imagine. Well, so not one of my more imaginative <laughs> miracles as I'm, four, sure you'll, bigger. as I'm sure you'll see yes he, he says yes I mean it serves a practical purpose and uh, it is in a way proof of something else if Chegg was a proof of the power of the new then Douglas represents more the enhancement of the old the way we can make something better by taking the best qualities of a creature and combining it with the same qualities of the same <laughs> creature to make it bigger could you make my wings better? Well, I mean, first things first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And this may be a conversation is taking place as you've walked up this spiraling staircase and you enter a, a, a laboratory that clearly takes up the entire floor plan of this tower. It's big round space, very high ceiling. You can't quite tell if it goes all the way up to the roof, but it's a big space, particularly compared to the relatively cramped um, passageways you've been passing through. In fact, as an Aracocra, this would probably make be a bit of a relief to step out into something even approaching open air again after these tight human corridors. Um, in the center of the room, the first thing that catches your eye is just a device. A lot of the metalwork looks very similar to the, to the, uh, gear that's on the roof of this tower. Um, it looks almost at first like a set of scales. Um, there are two glass chambers, uh, held apart from one another by a sort of a fulcrum of, of twisted metal. Um, that, those two, that, uh, fulcrum kind of converges to a central point with, uh, well, either like a, a pedestal or some kind of apparatus there. And this is on the ground level. And then above it and almost surrounding it is what appears to be the lower half of that uh, uh, sort of uh, metal apparatus on the roof. And this is becomes a not just metal, but glass piping. And there's a sound of, of dripping and um, liquid, a kind of uh, cloudy liquid is pooling in different parts of the pipework and dripping out onto glass plates then you can see the same glass plates arranged in uh stacks around the room it's an extremely busy place there's uh there's whole uh there's desks covered in vials and paperwork and all of the kind of accoutrements of an alchemist's lab i think i wave a wing at all of this and say what's that (laughs) he says this is my life's work individually marvels i think Collectively, a miracle that I call my chimeric disruptor. <laughs> this device is what gives birth to the miracles of Grey Home. Chegg was its first? Yeah. <laughs> but, but there have been many others. All of the miracles I have wrought started here. Without wishing to be insensitive, my good man, could you make another Chegg? Yes, I could. Uh, there's nothing stopping me. I could, of course. I mean, I, I could make another chain. But you wouldn't just replace a family member, would you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course not. He says, look, this device, everything here, all that goes into it, this is a place where we can channel Pure energy, pure creativity, planar power, and turn it to miraculous new combination and creation. Here, here, you must be, you must be weary from the road. Can I offer you an aplange? A what? <laughs> an aplange. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I hoped you'd ask. He seems to have been cheered up immensely from this. You know, like he, he wants to show people this. Um, he rushes to one desk. And he grabs an apple and an orange. <laughs> wait, wait, I see where this is going. <laughs> but it's still happening. <laughs> he runs over and he puts the apple in one of the two glass chambers. And then puts the orange in the other. And then uh, he goes to a, a, a cabinet, unlocks it with a silver key, pulls the wooden slats back, and withdraws an egg-shaped crystal that is faintly glowing. Um, and mm. you would very likely immediately recognize it because you're holding one. <laughs> from your previous adventure. 
and he slots it into place in the center of the device in this fulcrum point and pulls a lever and a bolt of light shoots from the crystal and enters both chambers. There's a blinding flash. And then when the uh, light clears, the apple is completely unchanged. But in the other chamber, the orange has been replaced by an indescribable fruit. <laughs> Both green and orange at the same time, somehow. Uh, and he uh, gingerly leans into the chamber, withdraws it, and offers it to you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take that. Okay. <laughs> I guess he looks uh, at you like, and? <laughs> no, om nom nom. Sure, I will eat it. I think I was going to, like... If it was me, a human, I would tentatively take a bite. But me as a giant, but well, not giant, but like a, a five a foot bird tall with a significantly large beak. I imagine I just throw it in there. Hole. <laughs> uh, you bite, and it's strange. the The exterior is smooth, like apple skin. But as you bite into it, it squashes, and you it splits into segments that are each apple, but also orange, and you get a kind of delicious, kind of citrusy sweet kind of mixture it's very nice mm. it's very nice it's just really nice wow that's good yes. that my friend is just one part of this <laughs> one small part of it you I, could I, sell these though <laughs> that was the plan <laughs> <laughs> that was the point this was ready it was new it was disruptive and we could open it to the world but now I don't know if I have it in me uh, I think I'd like to present him with the uh, the egg thing, or get it out and say, um, uh, hey, does this ring any bells, by the way? Says, huh. Where did you find that? We came across a kind of patch of uh, summer, <laughs> for want of a better word, in our travels, uh, with an amber stone at the centre of it and a dead goblin that had this on him. Hmm. We had... It was a small matter, really. We had a a break-in, a robbery, some week or so ago. I didn't think anything of it, because all the thieves took was one of my fuel crystals, uh, a worthless thing. I produced them in, in number, uh, particularly, here, particularly now, particularly with everything that was supposed to happen. And uh, some other uh, bits and pieces. We lost a sunstone. We lost... Uh, some other shiny things. We suspected a, a child from the village or a commoner, but maybe could have. Hmm. It could have been a an outsider, perhaps a goblin, but I don't know how a goblin would have. Hmm. He thinks about this for a moment. So the sunstone would be the thing that made the summary area. Oh, yeah, I mean, giant amber. It's a rock. a simple trick. I mean, it's it's a, a rudimentary use of this magic is to simply merge one thing temporarily with anything else uh, in, you know inelegantly applied a sunstone could be compelled to produce an area of solar energy for a time a temporary but I mean a, a trick worth considering it's got obvious utility in this part of the world I, I, I have so much grander aspirations in this how wait you say temporarily does that mean the orange and the apple are going to separate in my stomach <laughs> oh no that that is the key to this engine. Stable combination. Permanent change. Uh, solution to problems we haven't even considered yet. 
you know, we can cure illnesses. We can make, we can make creatures better. We can make our objects, our possessions, our tools more efficient by taking the qualities of both, combining them, recombining them. It's, 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 it's infinite. It's infinite. And all of that was bound up in the infinite potential of Chegg. <laughs> and he starts crying again. Yeah, you should make another one. <laughs> um, as this is happening, I'm going to say that you guys have obviously arrived at the, you've gone back to the city gates, I guess. Mm. I shall say as you, as you get back to the city gates, um, you see that, uh, the cart has been sort of drawn through the gate itself and is kind of like sort of sidled up. And as you get there, uh, Burke, the boring old man is, is obviously just gone off on his way to find his daughter, as you know, he was looking for. But, um, Janal kind of looks when he sees at you and says, you could have picked a better day to arrive in Greyhome. What do you need? So I don't know if you witnessed what happened in the square. I just looked after Douglas. Well, let's leave that to one side then. Suffice (laughs) to say that I need a way of getting some disguised clothing maybe a nice coat. he sort of looks taken about like look i'm not looking for trouble in gray home this is my house this is my home this is my gray home <laughs> uh we're not after trouble either I mean, i'm just looking after just some just a nice concealing clothing i'm gonna ask you to do a uh, persuasion check i've rolled a two <laughs> Uh, can I try a, a persuasion check? Uh, he he's obviously very unconvinced. By Lazam looks at you like he's not you're not looking for trouble. I get thirteen plus one. Fourteen. Please. What do you say? What do you say, <laughs> Um Well, look, we uh, did a lot for you guys in the uh, the journey across the wasteland. So, and given none of this came from a place of malice, we were just trying to help. It would be... None of what? Uh, no, just various... Look, I, I saw you fly things. off. That was... That was you just... You be careful I, around here. You make a good first impression. Well, mm-mm. so I'll take that under advisement. Um, and bear it in mind for, for future arrivals to strange places. However, uh, right now, what we would just, uh, just as a last favor for, for the things that we did for the, for the caravan along the, uh, along the journey, it would be much appreciated if we could have a little bit of a, of a hand, just some sort of old clothes people can't trace back to you, that kind of thing. He sort of thinks about this for a second and then he says, okay. One gold piece. Well, I've got nothing. (laughs) I've got some ball bearings. (laughs) How about this shovel, my good man? Actually, I I love this shovel. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't you got a gold piece? I do. I'm just wondering if I need to hold on to it. Uh, I've got like nine though. Loads of silver. Okay, I'm going to give him a gold piece for this. He says... I'm desperate. All right, but you didn't get this from me. And then he gives you his hat. <laughs> is, is this all? Is this? He says, look, okay. he rummages around in the cart for a little bit and draws out like a traveling cape, hmm. um, some britches, a pair of um, shoes. It's obviously f- worth far less than the money you've just given to him, but because he's a halfling, hmm. um, it fits you reasonably well. Perfect. Um, obviously, you're still going to have to kind of pull the cape around your face to yep. not look like a deep gnome. That, that makes sense. He says, 
You're lucky I own a lot of hats. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, good sir, for your extre- extremely expensive hat and uh, and the cloak. Uh, now, do you have any recommendations for watering holes in this town? Well, there's really only one place you can go. There's the inn. Across the town square, back the way you came. Two streets, you can't miss it. It's the only building in town even close to being called large. I just... Look, I'm going to be there later having a drink, because I've had a long journey. And I would really appreciate you not making trouble for me. Or Douglas. Don't worry, sir. (laughs) I am just a simple, humble, deep gnome. On his gnome way through the world. Look, I know all of you people are a bit more than you seem. And if that trouble's coming to my town, well, I've seen trouble, friend. Well, how I don't want to see it again. How about if you don't make trouble for us, we won't make trouble for you? I, I'm trying to help. Why, why are you threatening me? Not <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sort of got a bit uppity. <laughs> this is an awkward pause. This is an awkward sort of like, wow, you're probably not going to be friends kind of moment. Let's go. Yeah, shall we make our way to across town? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to switch back over to Ralph. Okay. Um, the only other thing I want to ask about is. Uh, do you think the goblin stealing your weird power fuel egg <laughs> could be related to the Chegg thing? I can't imagine so. Uh, there are all sorts of creatures in these wildernesses, and of course they would covet power. Uh, uh, I, I, this seems unthinkable to me, but... I mean, perhaps... Perhaps it is strange, but what happened to... Chegg, I can only imagine, was dark magics. Eerie sorcery. S- spooky wizardry. <laughs> I get it, I get it. <laughs> Beyond the ken of a simple green goblin thing. Who do you know who could do this kind of magic? Nobody in these lands. I am the only mage of any sort of repute until yourself. <laughs> yes, of course, of course, my, my avian friend. Uh, <laughs> of course, um... None that I know of, but sometimes these people, you know this, sometimes they hide their secrets. There must be somebody, and I will pay you handsomely if you find them. Anything, anything for justice. Justice for check, huh? Yeah, well, I'm happy to help in any way I can. Uh, I don't have any leads right now. <laughs> if you have any ideas, you have any you want us to check out, uh, we can certainly look into it, it says, for you. The... We've had some difficulties lately, but nothing, nothing serious. It might be worth considering. We've had councillors, representatives of the various towns of the north. Ten towns sent somebody. Luskin sent somebody. All of them are petitioning for Greyholm to be considered part of their territory, particularly now that I've started to become open about what we do. <laughs> Maybe one of them or a rival would seek to undermine me, but I... I see no reason that they would go to these murderous lengths. Straining to keep the disbelief out of my voice, I ask, uh, you think they want the check? No, but they strike at me personally. They, they <laughs> strike a blow to my heart. They remove that which is most precious to me, the proof of my life's work, the darling boy, the egg boy. Okay. 
So are these, uh, are there people in town we can check uh, into? He looks at, um, at this point, he looks at, uh, Al John, who's been sort of silently kind of stood, I guess, for this. Oh, you're here. <laughs> he, he came in with you. Hi. Um, but he's obviously just letting, he's been letting Bunza talk. He says, yes, I think we have a, a counselor from 10 towns staying in the inn at the moment, but she seems perfectly pleasant to me. Hmm. Pleasant, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds suspicious to me. Uh, okay, I think I'm, make my excuses and uh, head off to meet up with the others. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to, for the sake of um, some convenience, I'm going to say that by the time you reach the inn, you're, you actually see Ralph kind of coming around a corner from the other, the other uh, direction. And uh, you approach uh, what is clearly like, what's clearly the inn. It's the really wouldn't be any way to mistake it for anything other than the sort of the, the social and uh, business hub of the town. It's a sort of teetering three story building, the broad base, the same wood paneling, but just built on a scale beyond any other, uh, in, in town. It's a fine looking establishment. Actually, uh, whoever built this really did have an eye for, uh, pub craft, I guess, <laughs> um, for it, it you, you, when, as you look at it, the sort of the warm, maybe the evening is just about beginning to set in the, the warm light, from the windows is inviting. You realize what a long day you've had. This sort of sudden excitement has sort of taken it out of you and you're ready to settle in, uh, in a, in a comforting, uh, place of rest. You approach or hanging from the, uh, from a, uh, a post outside is a, uh, a sign with a field of scarlet. And in front of it is what appears to be a sort of chest, a four sided chest with a side removed. <laughs> And, uh, the side removed is sort of scattered to the floor and spilling from this chest drawn in a, in a decent hand are various sort of workmen's tools, uh, hammers and, and, and gear all spilling out onto, onto that scarlet field. And you look up and the sign reads the idle thumb. Thank you so much for listening to part one of our nonsense. And huge thanks also to magic wizard music man Mike Debenham for his incredible reworking of our traditional intro, Clambake, by the Mandibles. Join us tomorrow to find out what awaits our heroes in Greyholm's auspicious inn. Will they discover the truth behind the death of Chegg? What secrets does the alchemist Bundva conceal? And will Eretrix make full use of her one poop per long rest power? Who can say? I could, because I'm recording this after the fact. But I won't...